Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, the neons are a-gleaming and the gamblers are a-dreaming. Oh, it's nightlife. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. This is episode number 171. And my name is Henry. And I'm Paul. This week, we have a review of Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which is now on Netflix and in theaters in some places. Then for news, uh, I figured we'd, we could touch on the Eternals trailer, the up- upcoming Marvel film. Uh, we have a, a listener question uh, and other stuff we watch. So really, you know, usual stuff, usual deal, but it should be great. So thanks for joining us. Paul, how are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Honestly, not too much to to really report. You know, like a lot of people, I'm, you know, just kind of taking it day by day, honestly, you know. How about you? Well, uh for anyone who follows follows us on what is it got um instagram twitter <laughs> yeah instagram Facebook. yeah uh i went went to the beach this past weekend which was really nice went to atlantic beach in in north carolina here and yeah hadn't done that for a few years so that was a lot of fun wish it could have been longer but it was it was great and then actually the day before that I passed my second uh, Air Force Special Operations Fitness Test. Okay. Uh, I have to do one more, and then I'm all good to go. So that was just a, a lot of fun <laughs> getting to do that. What all did you have to do? So <clears throat> you have to do, and these, these are the minimums, mind, mind you. Um, you have to do a minimum of fi- 50 push-ups in two minutes, 50 sit-ups in two minutes, eight pull-ups in two minutes, a mile and a half run in 11 minutes or less, two 25-meter underwater swims, which is like the length of a competition pool lane. And then, and that's a pass-fail thing. And then you have to do a 500-yard or meter, meter, I think, meter surface swim in 12 and a half minutes or less. Okay. So... Yeah. Does the are the two underwater ones are they in one continuous or can you pop up and then go back down and go back? You you swim one, come up, swim back on on the surface. You have about a thirty second minute long break and then you do it again. Okay. Yeah. So it's not it, it's not it it really is twenty five meters. It's not a, a full fifty, thankfully. <laughs> so yeah, that was did that. Oh, and Paul, I mean, and I'm sure people are getting so tired of hearing about this. I finally have a conclusion to my candy purchase fiasco. Okay. Um, so briefly bought a bunch of bazooka gum, 300 pieces-ish, I think. Turns out, and I, the taste was horrible, brutal, couldn't stand it. 
if any, and again, if any, anybody wants it, feel free. Turns out I bought bazooka gum sugar free, Paul. Ah, my, my face is red on that one. I'm to blame for that. So that was too bad. Thankfully, not a whole lot of money down the drain, but still, still on me. So are you going to go and, and try with sugar bazooka I now? I don't know. Uh, I think I've already been so scarred from the bazooka <laughs> company experience. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see though. But anyhow, yeah, that's, that's done. So you don't need to worry about hearing about it again. It's all done. Do they still have the little comic in the wrapper? These don't. I think that oh. the, the regular do. So that, again, that's a, a, you know, a strike against the waste. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Well, Paul, any, anything else you want to mention? We got uh, some stuff to talk about. So, yeah, um, honestly, I, I finally hit 62 pages on, on my script. Hey, uh, that's 62 pages is, is an approximation of what it will be typed. Currently, the whole thing is handwritten. It's 100 pages. It actually starts in like one portion of a notebook and then goes into a different portion of a notebook. I started in the wrong sure. spot. <clears throat> so, but it's been going really well. Um, the deadline is this Sunday for three different contests. And it's, it's definitely solidly eligible for two. A little bit squiffy on the third one. But why not, you know? Yeah. Why not run it in all three? Yeah. Yeah, well, best of luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Oh, and I'll, I did see that Sky Tilly, he's doing something with writing as well. I think he posted. Yeah. He just recently. finished up his master's thesis, I believe, which I'm still waiting to read. Wow. That's awesome. Good mm-hmm. for him. Um, okay. Well, cool. Uh, should we get into the movie? <laughs> yeah. Why not? All right. Let, yeah, let's get into our review of Army of the Dead. And we do have a clip, so take a listen. We are putting together a crew for a job. Yeah, what does it pay? Well, if it pans out, we make $2 million for one day's work. $2 million. But That's my share. That's just for me. $2 million if it pans out. 100%, I'm in. Yeah. You don't want to know, you know the risks? or Why would I want to know the risks? $2 million? It's a lot of cash. Listen. I hate my life so deeply. If I had $2 million, my life would change drastically. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. You sure you don't want to know? Uh, I bet it has something to do with a helicopter. Yeah. I'm the helicopter guy. Yeah. Yeah. Where do I sign? Okay. So uh, as I said, Army of the Dead is on Netflix and in some theaters. It's directed by... Zack Snyder, obviously, uh, and it stars uh, Dave Bautista, Ella Purnell, Omari Hardwick, Anna De La Raguera, Theo Rossi, Matthias Schweighoffer. Sorry about that. Uh, Nora Arnezeder, uh, Garrett Delahunt, Tig Nataro, Hiroyuki Sonata. Is that about it? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Okay. And the synopsis is following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. So 
Yeah, this one is Zack Snyder's second movie of the year. We we did uh, his Justice League cut a while back. And yeah, Paul was how'd you how'd you feel about this one? <laughs> um it was another Zack Snyder movie. Like I there's that's I think the most blunt way that I can put it. But it's not Zack Snyder of of 300 years where he believes in a wide shot and deep focus Mm. it's Zack snyder of Mm. the apocalypse footage that he added on to the end of justice league that has a a a range that our actors can move you know forward and backward and completely be in or out of focus and also there's no sense of urgency even though there's supposed to be a sense of urgency because people Mm. have time to say things at like the most inopportune times love that so <laughs> that's probably my my scattershot review on it how did you feel about it <laughs> i guess i liked it why <laughs> i mean i i wouldn't say i mean that's like being pretty kind to it <laughs> <laughs> i thought that it was entertaining to a certain degree i thought its biggest issue by far is its runtime it's too long it's brutal too long. Uh, I, my heart sank this morning when I saw that it was two hours and 28 minutes. Yeah. Um, who, <laughs> I don't know who has the time for that, but no, overall, I thought it was still entertaining. It was, I liked how it was just a zombie movie. It didn't feel the need to be some big allegory for something or, you know, have some huge deep meaning aside from just being kind of a gore fest, uh, as it were. But that being said, the runtime hurts that because if mm-hmm. it's just going to be potatoes and meat, is that the term meat and potatoes? Mm-hmm. Um, it should be like 90 minutes. You could take an hour off of this movie and it would be better. And that's yeah. a, a problem. No, for sure. I mean, this movie has, and I guess when I say like, you know, it has all of the Zack Snyder problems of justice league. What I essentially mean is everything takes too long. Literally every moment is dragged out to just like such excruciating detail that you end up not having time for any of the things that, that make character that make a moment land that make a moment interesting because we're constantly just stretching everything out to the most inopportune moments. And I think the theme of the movie is parenthood if I had to really take a shot, that's at a stretch. It's, it's maybe parenthood. And, you know, I think that it's fine to have, you know, zombie action movies and things like that, but I still think underneath it, you still need to have the movie be about something. The zombies don't necessarily have to be allegory, but I think that your movie should still be about something just on a thematic level. And if I'm searching for a theme, then I think you've, you've kind of just shot the point of the whole thing. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess in terms of the runtime, it takes forever to get the team together. So many yeah. people, if you know, kind of had the whole like the Suicide Squad kind of issue. It takes mm-hmm. forever to set up people because nobody knows who who these people are. But at least in like the case of Suicide Squad, at least they're comic book characters. Whereas these people, the cast is all right. I think everybody was fairly solid, but the characters are so. One note. 
yeah, yeah that you don't really care uh, about them. You just want to get to the action. And honestly, some of them become unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> like some of their performance, like not the performances, but some of the, some of the act, like characteristics of these people become grating. Yeah. I don't know. For me, there were, I guess it's for me, it's, it's an unlikable movie on a certain level, just because this is, this is literally just a, a gratuitous amount of all the things that I find frustrating about him the on the nose song picks the the overly long opening credit sequence like i love a good visual montage opening credit sequence that was the longest mm. longest and also also brutal font and color choice yeah yeah brutal <laughs> <laughs> and so for me it just really it's the classic issue of style over substance for him you know, he is a director who honestly should never be allowed to write pen anything that he directs. He needs mm. people who are actual literal writers who on the page don't give him the time to do any of his isms, mm -hmm. you know, um, and a lot of his things worked. You know, he tries to do these big operatic stories in everything. But two things. One, it works best for 300 and then probably Watchmen. Because that's their style, you know. Mm -hmm. Here, I didn't need that sensibility with this, you know, musing of, of new forms of life being created by the zombie. Yeah. Fuck off with it. Uh, <laughs> I don't give a shit about your weird zombie baby. Mm. It raises more questions than answers. And that's the other thing. This movie is a lot of setup for things that either don't pay off or don't get answered in any kind of way and aren't left vague for intriguing debate about what it meant. It's literally just a refusal to answer a question. Are they robots? Are they caught in a time loop? Why do some of them bleed blue? I don't fucking know. And honestly, I don't think he knows either. For a second, I thought one of them was a robot. Because of the multiple blue. of them look like robots. There yeah. are multiple. There's one that has glow bluing, blue glowing eyes. Mm. In the pool scene, one of them straight up has a Terminator head that you essentially get to see. And when he yep. dome shots the final uh, alpha Zeus, as he's called, they put the blue blood effect into his red blood as well. Right. <laughs> so and then, you know, they set things up. Oh, when the water rains, you know, when rain falls on the on the shamblers, that's when they come back to life. Never rains. Nope. They check off Gunna thing and then they just sort of go, never mind. Uh, they talk about the black guy with his saw. You know, don't touch my saw. He doesn't use the saw. Oh, yeah. Other than in the opening credits. You know, it's all of these little setups that just kind of go nowhere. Mm -hmm. It's for the sequel, Paul. <laughs> and they're, they're planning a prequel and they're, that's going to be a rom-com heist starring Dieter, directed by Dieter. That's real. They're planning on doesn't doing... doesn't sound real. <laughs> <laughs> it is. They're planning on doing a Netflix animated prequel called uh, Army of the Dead of Las Vegas. This is just Zack Snyder going off and creating his own little cinematic universe where no one can tell him what to do because they're his characters and it's his rules and it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with all that. Now, in terms of the action, so they, you know, they get to the point where they go in the quarantine zone finally, 
And then, you know, you are, as they tease in the trailer, there are these different versions of zombies. Like it's kind of like a mix of like walking dead zombies, but there's also kind of like, I am legend, superhuman zombies. They can, some of them can ride horses. They're organized, smart, you know, fast, whatever. Felt like Caesar, but a zombie. Yes. Uh, and there's also the alpha alpha male zombie who feels straight out of a Rob Zombie film. It was so cartoonish. And then the alpha female zombie, which was actually okay. I didn't mind her like it. Well, actually, her design is okay. This the whole movie, like every Zack Snyder movie feels pretty derivative. Mm-hmm. And her shriek sounded like it was straight out of Lord of the Rings. I thought yeah. she was a ring wraith for a second. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that and to also talking about things that are set up with no payoff is there's this whole thing when they get there where they say, oh, the people are taken off into this this casino and they're, they're never seen again. And we have to offer a sacrifice, you know, or an offering. And they sh- build it up so much like it's going to be some crazy thing. But then it's just a guy who bites them. That's it. Yeah. The, vi- the victims will be uh, taken one by one and then somebody will come up and bite them and that's it. It's not some weird ritual or something. Not, not that I needed that, but it's like, why set that up at all? Who cares? Especially uh, since the rules are very unclear about what these zombies do. You know, the alpha is the one that turns them into other alphas. But then we also have shamblers so does him biting other people make them alphas and then the other alphas can only make shamblers? No idea. He has no set of rules. There's this quote that Chris Nolan has that's like breaking rules isn't interesting. Having rules and following them inside of your story is. And, you know, whether even if you disagree with some of the some of the plot points of Christopher Nolan films, that man has a lot of rules about every universe that he puts together and it's mm-hmm. very clear yeah here it's just stuff happening but it's not as schlocky as a b horror film it's very self-serious for me hmm. yeah I, I, it's kind of like the mortal Kombat issue yeah yeah that, that's that's a good point um he just tries he just tries too hard yeah bless him i mean he just (laughs) he he, i I mean i think this would have been more interesting if michael bay had directed it it might not have been better but at least it would have been a little more cartoonish whereas this it's so it's trying to be glossy but kind of dirty it's so noisy the you know the as you were saying the song choices be done with the classic jazz shtick so mm-hmm. tired of it. Doesn't add class, doesn't add charm. It's just feels very early 2000s kind of thing. And it, it just becomes so messy. Mm-hmm. And it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, I think that I think messy and I think trying too hard are definitely two great, great points, honestly. Mm. <laughs> You know, it, it wants to be like super dark and moody. And then it has also this great action sequence of 
you know, this woman doing gun foo on zombies, but then the room is so dark that I can barely see what she's doing. It's like he's afraid to let me see the movie. Right. You know, there's a moment where the, the queen zombie literally backs out of focus. And we see her for like a good few seconds just wandering further into a lack of focus. It makes his movie feel claustrophobic, not grand. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, and on that point, there are a couple spoiler things that maybe we could touch on towards the end if you're cool with it, Paul. Yeah, sure. No, I, I agree. I think that's probably the best action sequence in the movie mm-hmm. just because of the the stakes of it, I, I guess, as it were. But I do have a big logic issue with that whole scene with how it resolves. You know, the, the scale of it, it, you know, two and a half hours... It, at times that was kind of interesting just because of how like ambitious and like how self-indulgent it was. But also when you're done with it, you think that like not a whole lot has happened and what are you left with? You know? Yeah. Cause again, if this was a 90 minute intense, you know, uh, high stakes thriller, that could be great. And I, I could be left with not a whole lot, just a, a fun time. But in this, it's like, you're, you're sitting there for a long damn time. <laughs> yeah. You're you're in the seat with a whole bunch of, you know, one note characters where also time gets very wibbly, you know, because when they're first looking at the news broadcast, they have almost two hours. Then they talk to Dieter and they've got 90 minutes and it's going to take Dieter 30 minutes. And then when Dieter's done, they only have like 30 minutes. Mm hmm. And, you know, it just gets very wibbly. And, you know, again, I guess that's also sort of the issue going to some of the action sequences and like going to the resolution of the of the woman who does the gung fu to get into a little spoiler. You know, she obviously doesn't make it because we have to have a body count and people stand around and just sort of stare for the longest time before anyone pops off around to try and save this woman. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now that okay, I mean, uh, minor spoilers ahead. Okay, so you can skip ahead a, a minute or two if you don't want to hear it. So, with this thing, that that's was one thing that was confusing. However, the biggest thing is so there's this whole previous scene where uh, Garrett Dillahunt, who always plays a sleazy guy, he mm-hmm. he bolts the the door that she's trying to get out of which then ends up resulting in her death. And she sees him do it. She knows Mm -hmm. he's done this. And in the minute or two that she has in front of the entire group, she doesn't say anything. Yeah. If it were me, if it were me, I would have said, Hey guys, just so you know, this guy just tried to bolt the door and get me killed. And then, Hey, I mean, if I get eaten, whatever, but at least it's like, I'm going to leave you with something, you know? But she doesn't. And she has this all she literally has free time where she's not being touched or anything. And and of course, the whole thing of them not trying to save her is, you know, that's terrible. But that was the other issue I had. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Well, and and for me, you know, I guess like at a, at a certain point, I also just had an issue with how she ended up in trouble because she was following that glow stick, you know, and she just, for me, kind of got 
too lost. Mm-hmm. You know, like where she crawled to, to then look around and turn to see where he threw it. She should have just looked and seen, you know, that obviously that other way where there were fewer zombies, not deeper into the zombies should have been the way to go. You know, something right. should have been, it felt like she just wasn't looking around the room at a certain level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then also in terms of the Garrett Delahunt character, who's this kind of security guy who's making sure everybody's in line, you have no payoff with him, nor do you really figure out why he was there. Uh, he was he was just there to get the head. That was it? Yeah, so okay. uh, other teams have been sent. Unclear if if it's a, a payoff that, again, he sets up but doesn't answer. We'll talk about that in a second with spoilers, I guess. So he's a new head of security based on that information because he's like, oh, I don't know anything about this incident. Mm. But he's been set there specifically to get the head, and he makes a deal. I couldn't tell you exactly when they made this deal with the coyote that he would make sure that they got out alive only if he had the head. Mm. And so that's why she agrees to help him take it. And so his, his whole thing was that Tanaka never wanted the money. Tanaka only wanted the head. Okay. Uh, I can get that, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very quick in the movie. Yeah. It took me and my wife a second to figure out exactly when they had made that agreement. Yeah. Like we really quickly figured it out right around the time that they were trapping it. Yeah. And, but also what's frustrating is his, his fate uh, is not that satisfying because it takes place away from all the characters who he wronged. Yeah. Like if it took place in some of the other characters who he had kind of lied to or duped or whatever, it would have been at least a little bit more satisfying. And also the scene uh, that seals his fate. It's right out of the revenant. I mean, I felt like I was watching the, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. Poorly done. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, honestly, for me, the trailer, I watched the trailer for this movie stupidly because yeah. it's Same. it's it's a three minute trailer and I hate that they've started doing three minute trailers. It's way too much movie. Mm-hmm. I was really disappointed when I saw the the CG tiger in the trailer because I was like, you know what? That could have been a really cool reveal in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so then we we go into it knowing that there's going to be this crazy wild zombie tiger. But like it still roars like a regular tiger. It still pretty much acts like a tiger. Like, you know, for me, there was nothing really. Was it an alpha or was it a shambler? I don't know. And it didn't have anything horrifying about it beyond it's a zombie tiger. You know, it wasn't like the the weird skull bear in the rev or in uh, uh, Annihilation that comes into the room and has the shriek. That's like the, the sound that the last person it killed made. Right. As it's roar, not saying that they have to do that, but like a zombie roar, I feel like should sound different because zombie people sound different. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing was pretty lame. I think. Yeah. Um, It was a CG waste. Yeah. 
a few other non-spoiler things. Score is by Junkie XL, who's just crushing it this year. I mean, he was, did uh, Justice League. He did King Kong. This, I think he might have one one other uh, uh, soundtrack this year. I think you're mistaking being busy with with doing meaningful score. Tomato, tomato. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then now, also, one uh, little thing. I'm so tired of the safe cracker artist who's like obsessed with safe cracking, who like he like treats the safes like they're his wife or something like he's just fascinated. He calls them beautiful, all that stuff. I mean, the performance was okay and it wasn't too overdone where I was just so tired of them, but I'm really tired of that quirky character who just adds in a lot of, you know, comedic relief with no real point. Yeah. No, Um, I'll agree with that. Now, how about Dave Bautista? He's kind of, you know, he's going to be in knives out too. You know, he was in, Blade Runner. I'm looking forward to look Dave Batista. I absolutely adore. I love him in Guardians. I love him in Blade Runner. I look forward to seeing him in Dune. I'm glad oh, yeah. that he's going to be in Knives Out too. He out and out said that he did this movie for the following reasons: to get a lead role, the paycheck, to make connections with Netflix. Hmm. Well, that should automatically, I think, tell you a lot about the headspace of some of the people who were involved in this movie. Yeah, at least he's honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, at least he didn't pull a Tom Hardy with Venom where he blamed that shitty movie on, I wanted to make a movie for my kid. Yeah. <laughs> poor Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, poor Tom. <laughs> yeah. And let's see. I feel like there's... Now, I mean, the gore, there were a few creative kills in this, you know, but they really didn't amount to anything. Uh, I thought some of the like, uh, like wall slamming or, or like when people are crushed, that stuff was, you know, all right. But after a while, it just becomes kind of numbing, you know, I was livid that that child died in the opening credits. I was like, oh, good. I'm so glad that you wasted mommy's sacrifice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And let's see. Oh, the scene, the last 10 minutes are so extended. Like, yeah. It, and it feels there. It is there purely. Oh, also right out of Independence Day where he's on the field. Mm-hmm. Like just kind of shameless there. Um, and but yeah, it feels like it's just there to set up a sequel. Oh, yeah. Like you, you could easily cut it with uh, Dave Bautista and his daughter and just be done. You know, my, w- my wife and I think that it was supposed to be a post credit scene, but that they didn't think that anyone was going to sit through six minutes of previews after this fucking thing. Yeah. Or six minutes of credits after this thing to, to stick around for a lame setup for a sequel. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I mean, all that being said, it was at least somewhat refreshing. You know, I, I hadn't seen a zombie film in a while. And, you know, it was kind of cool to see so much money put into it. I I think I liked it more than Justice League. Paul, yeah, what about barely. you? I, I, I liked it more than Justice League, but barely. For yeah. me, there are three things that hold this movie back, which is that it it comes with all of the problems of 
a mediocre zombie movie, all of the problems of a mediocre heist movie wrapped up in all of Zack Snyder's worst possible traits as a filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. I feel like there might be a few other things, but... uh... Why don't we just jump on into spoilers? Okay. Yeah, yeah. If they come up, uh, I'll come up. Should we give star ratings? Uh, Yeah, we can give star ratings before spoilers. You go. (laughs) One. Wow. I gave Justice League a half. This one gets a one. I'll go. I'll go three. You know, Henry. (laughs) Well, I have to keep us above water. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, okay. Well, yeah. Spoilers ahead for Army of the Dead. So if you you don't want to have it spoiled, you can just check the show notes and and skip ahead. So, okay. uh, Let's see. Anything that you had in particular? Yeah, I think that it's I I honestly don't know if he has an answer on whether or not they are caught in a time loop. And I think based on the fact that he wants to do a sequel, the answer is no. Right. And so then why on the why in the in the crime any hell did you do any of what you did? Yeah. I don't know why he did that. Paul, do you think they're in a time loop? To be honest, I didn't give it any thought until you said it. <laughs> because here's the thing how does it it creates too many plot holes they introduce this concept but then they also introduce the concept of maybe the zombies are robots and then they introduce the whole you know maybe the zombies are pregnant but then garrett dillett hunt has no information about the previous teams that have come through either that or he's lying if tanaka was constantly just sending these people in you know, why did he continually just keep using this whole notion of a bank heist when really they just could have sent someone in, cut off the head that they needed, and gotten the fuck right on back out? Mm-hmm. Furthermore, how does the coyote not remember taking in any of these people? Because they also set up this whole 38-hour window that doesn't actually mean anything of security being lessened, but really they just needed the coyote to get in, and they can only fly out. And the coyote seems to be the only one who knows how to get into the place. Right. <laughs> and they luck upon her through his daughter. So, like, I just have a whole slew of issues with some of the random stuff that he puts in there that's meant to be meaningful. I hate the zombie baby that dies for no reason. It feels like he just wanted to show was, a fetus. It was like the uh, a Lion King homage <sighs> where they left it in the air. Amazing. Lord um, have mercy. I, I was going to ask you, that's not a spoiler, Who's your favorite character? I, I I was digging the coyote. She was she knew the deal. <laughs> Would love to get a, a spinoff series with her on her quests. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. You know what? Uh, probably, I guess, um, Dieter and um, and um, hold on. I want a character name. Probably Dieter and uh, Mr. Vanderhoe. Good choices. What about you? Uh, just the coyote. That's it. <laughs> okay. Um, I liked Dieter well enough, mostly because of the actor. I thought that he was charming in a part that was pretty, um, could go either way mm-hmm. on being charming or, or horribly annoying. Yeah. And I think that he trended on, on charming more for me. I enjoyed Mr. Vanderhoe because he was, again, a pretty enjoyable, just sort of straightforward part. I think that he got his part well. 
I think Tignataro for being like a digital replacement did pretty well. I'm assuming that she only had however much time Krista Elia gave mm-hmm. in a take. And so I thought that she did pretty well. Um, the character is not great, but I thought she did well. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, other spoiler stuff. Oh, yeah. But like with the 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 thing, the scene where Garrett Dillhunt's character locks the coyote in mm-hmm. in the the great the you know place that's it would have been so satisfying for her to have gotten out and seen him die yeah but it's like again he he dies away from everybody so it's like okay well he's yeah sure he's dead which is nice but there's no real satisfaction from anybody that you're following yeah you know yeah you know and and I think another thing that I have is that some of these characters had uh, sort of like specific skills that never end up really meaning anything mm-hmm. beyond Dieter and um, Peters, the safe cracker and the pilot. Everyone else is just kind of, and I guess the coyote, everyone else is just kind of a gun, right? With no other point than just to be a gun, you know, Paz de la, uh, is it or no, not pass. Uh, it's Ana de la Reguera, uh, Maria mm-hmm. Cruz. Her character is supposed to be like a mechanic. She doesn't stick around on the roof and help patch up the helicopter. Um, and also her death. I don't know if I'm supposed to find it funny or not because I almost laughed, but not really. Why is that? <laughs> Probably because her neck bone springs out of the side of her neck, like a oh, spring. Yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then she smiles before she falls over dead after having her head wrenched around. That was a great moment. And, uh, and then you see her on the floor with her head, like, and it was so telegraphed literally right before it happened. My, my, my wife was like, Oh, she's about to die. Yeah. It couldn't have been more obvious. Yeah. Also, I think they really, they kind of do it towards the end. I think they really missed out on having some scenes in the elevator with zombies in there and music playing. They kind of get that with the, the alpha guy, but it's not really that good because it just opens the door and music is playing. I think it would have been nice for them to like literally show them in real time, like clicking the button music playing, sitting there, you know, la la la. And then going, you know, I guess the issue is just that he wasted too much time elsewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, I hate it that some people's deaths were pretty sort of lame and straightforward compared to how overdone and overthought some of the other deaths were. Hmm. You know, Garrett Dillahunt gets the very protracted death by Tiger. Whereas, um, what's his name? Mikey Guzman ends up, you know, just sort of getting bit, accepting that and blowing himself up because Dave Batista is wasting his time shooting a lot of people. Sure. And I also hated that our body count was so condensed really to just the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, I wish that we had lost some people along the way to where it was almost a more sort of bare bones crew there at the end. Yeah, well I mean the issue is with that is they only get going to, you know, at the end of the movie, you know, no, Only, yeah. you know, that's, you, you got a bunch of setup there. So, well, and, and my wife and I were talking, it's, it was, 
it was that moment from the heist episode of Rick and Morty where like they show up and no one really seems all that uninterested in coming back. Everyone's automatically like kind of ready to go back into it. You know, for me, I think it's most highlighted when uh, Vanderhoe is like, man, I'm haunted by the visions of the zombies, but you know what? Maybe killing more of them would make it cathartic. <laughs> like it's yeah. a complete turnaround from what he just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's a mess, Paul. It's a mess. It is. It's a mess that you gave a three, Henry. Well, <laughs> I'm easy to please. <laughs> uh, I'm not hard to please. Yeah. Honest, I really am not. It's just that the the general standard has been lowered. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else about Army of the Dead, Paul? I don't want a sequel. Nor I. <laughs> <laughs> this is my new Resident Evil franchise. It's just yeah. as painful, I think. Yeah. Now, Paul, you must have loved the banter between Dave Bautista and his daughter about the food truck. You know, I didn't Lobster necessarily... <laughs> it's funny you mention it. I didn't necessarily mind too much of it, but the one that did bother me the most was actually the lobster roll one, just because, like... I don't like lobster rolls. Is that all that you're going to serve? Yeah. You know, I understand grilled cheese. I understand tofu. Then you go very niche. Yes. (laughs) He says everybody likes them. Sorry to break it to you, but we don't. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. All right. Yeah. Anything else for you? And we do have you can get excited. Our listener question concerns Zack Snyder. So, oh, okay. I guess I'll just say this and this will be my final thoughts on it. I think that he really needs to figure out what it is that he wants to do because the truth is his autorism is burged is, is very, very close to becoming self parody. Yeah. And I think that that's evidenced by like, you know, him using Hallelujah in the trailer for Justice League. Like he's literally almost becoming a joke version of who he is perceived as for me as a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, And he keeps on leaning into his worst impulses. I don't know where this filmmaker went. Oh, yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Wait, hold on. There we go. God bless it. There we go. 300. I don't know where that filmmaker went but i miss him yeah me too sorry zach (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i just watched that two and a half hour movie after watching your fucking four hour movie yeah you owe me an apology (laughs) yeah so all right well yeah we have a, a listener question that concerns old Zach. So we'll, we'll get to that, but I guess for quickly for news, we could touch on, uh, Eternals. Yeah. Uh, If you're down. Uh, so yeah, this is a new Marvel film coming out in November. Uh, and it's directed by Chloe Zhao, uh, who did nomad land this year. Mm -hmm. And the cast is huge. Uh, yeah. Bunch of ensemble. Yeah. Would you, and that we just had a, a new trailer, uh, in the last day or so, Paul, what do you think of it? Um, pretty classic Marvel first trailer. Marvel, pretty much their new form, going back to like 
Guardians and Ragnarok is like trailer one is a mood setter. Trailer two is a plot setter. Mm. Um, so this is very much just a mood setting trailer. Um, you see it in Loki as well. Like go and watch the first trailer of Loki, go and watch the second trailer of Loki. Um, same concept. So it didn't tell me much about what to expect in terms of like hard plot, but it had a lot of nice visuals. It does look very uh, on location, which is something that the cast has stressed a lot in the press leading up to this movie. It's apparently a, a story that takes place over centuries. I'm interested. She's a, 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 you know, a hot young filmmaker right now compared to some of the other people that are making movies currently, you know, yep. she's an up and comer. So I'll, I'm, I'm certainly interested. Um, I think that the cast is pretty much great. The only one that really makes me nervous is Angelina Jolie, because I don't oh, remember really? the last time. Yeah. That I enjoyed her performance. So, you know, if I'm going to get like pre Maleficent Angie, then, then maybe there'll be something there. Sure. How'd you feel? Yeah, yeah, kind of the same. I, I haven't seen Nomadland yet, but uh, I have. I liked it. I mean, yeah. I liked it for the most part. It's a little bit of a dour one for me. Mm. Um, I found it a little on the bleak side. Sure. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot to say about it. I guess visually, it looks okay. Uh, about the same as most Marvel films, but I kind of like the some of the locations that it seems to be taking place at this kind of coastline desert setting. And I, yeah, I think the cast is, is pretty good. I actually, one of the reasons I want to see it is because of Angelina Jolie. Mm. And, and so, yeah, I, I don't know anything about the, the, the background of the, the characters or anything like that. So I'm purely just going off on who's, who's involved, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm sure it'll be interesting, especially coming from, uh, Chloe Zhao. So yeah, that one comes out in November. Yeah. Yeah. Any other news for you, Paul? No. I mean, you know, Kevin Spacey's cameoing in a movie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Directed yeah. by the guy that was the original Django from the spaghetti Westerns. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Franco Nero. Great. <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs> So, okay, well, I guess on that note, we can touch on listener questions. So the film buds podcast at gmail.com is where you can reach us at also Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at film buds and at the film and all of that stuff is in the show notes. So if you've listened before, or if you're uh, listening for the first time, feel free to send us a question or a comment, whatever. Uh, we love hearing from people out there. And the one we got this was, I think, sometime last week. So thank you for your your patience. Comes from uh, Alexander. Alexander. And his statement is short and sweet. He says, tell me your thoughts on the new Zack Snyder film school series that Netflix has just released. Uh, thanks for the show, Alexander. Oh, thank you, Alexander. So, Paul, have you heard of this? No. So, I, I have a, an article here that uh, from uh, Collider.com written by, let's see who it's written by, Luke Highland. And the first paragraph here, it says, Netflix has launched the first episode of its new YouTube series, Snyder School, 
in which blockbuster filmmaker Zack Snyder takes viewers through his creative process in making a film. From screenwriting, Paul's favorite, and storyboarding to editing and advanced post-production, the four-episode series will be released weekly on the Netflix Film Club YouTube channel. So, Paul, you must be through the roof. (laughs) Uh, People can learn how to make movies exactly like Zack Snyder. Paul's losing it. He may not stay with us. He's losing it. Uh, So just when he thought there wasn't enough Zack, he's coming at you hard (laughs) with more. And he's injecting it. That's that's sounded really sexual. Um, (laughs) He's uh, he's giving it to the masses. Paul. Yeah. Please speak. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I have no words for this. I I could I could scream. You too, huh? No one listened to a word this man has to say. (laughs) Hmm. I might watch an episode out of morbid curiosity just to do what I do with a lot of things to do what I did with the amazing Spider-Man to do what I did with his BVS and, and man of steel. I sometimes like to pop the hood on things that I think are terrible just to understand why I think it came out that way. Yeah. So might I watch an episode just to try and understand where this man is going wrong for me as a filmmaker. Yeah, I might, but I honestly don't think that there is much that current Zack Snyder can really offer any young filmmaker as advice. And this to me feels like an extension of everything that he does lately, which is an ego trip. Yeah. Paul, you won't check out the screenwriting episode. That's probably the only one that I would, that I would watch because I think that, I think he's a not great writer. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that one, I, I haven't watched it yet, Alexander, but I, I perhaps I will. Uh, I, I don't have interest, but maybe I will. I should do my own series where I take individual scenes, beats, moments from Zack Snyder's filmography and show how he's essentially step-by-step ruined what should have happened in the scene i would love that (laughs) yeah i'm gonna start with how he takes urgency out of people running away from a tidal wave in justice league oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh well anything else about Zack snyder in general paul no (laughs) no yeah so yeah that one you know if you have any interest it's on it's on youtube the Netflix Film Club YouTube channel. And thanks again for your your question, Alexander. And yeah, the Film Buds. You. Yeah. And the Film Buds podcast at gmail.com once again is where you can reach us at. So send us stuff your way. You know, just whatever, even just to say hi. You know, we like to know that people are actually listening out there and it's not just numbers. Yeah. <laughs> so or bots. So all right, you want to end off with some picks of the week? Um, sure. You know what? Here's here's an enjoyable movie that, you know, even if it doesn't do anything, I guess, all that revolutionary in terms of its storytelling, it's a really solid, enjoyable movie that does not overstay its welcome. It has one little issue in the beginning, but that's okay. 
I, I finally saw the Mitchells versus the machines. Ah, uh, and I enjoyed it. I thought that was a really fun time. I watched it with my family. I liked it more than Ryan, the last dragon. Still haven't seen I, it. I had a really good time with it. I, I enjoyed that one. Um, okay. It was, it was a fun time. I'd like to say that I've watched more, but honestly, I've been pretty tied up with, with writing, honestly. So a lot of what we watch has been sort of, oh, you know what? We watched the Goofy movie, and that movie for me held up pretty well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the original nice. 95. Yeah, that was a pretty, pretty solid one. Okay. Well, uh, I, have a th- I have a few things, a few more rewatches. I rewatched Prometheus which I love. Yeah, great movie. I love. So great underrated. Movie. Talk about setting up a cast of characters pretty minimally, but each of them interesting. Oh, yeah. Then I rewatched Rocky, which is a, a classic. I, I love the whole uh, the whole franchise, really, but the first one is, is still a classic for me, for sure. Then I rewatched Knowing with Nicolas Cage. Paul, have yeah. you seen this? I know of it, yeah. Okay. And it's directed by Alex Proyas, who did iRobot, The Crow, Gods of Egypt. And I it has some interesting ideas and some good moments. I think it did not hold up as well as I hoped it would. It gets pretty goofy towards the end and a lot of logic issues that kind of hurt it a, a little bit, but still worth watching it's interesting and at least kind of ambitious and different then i rewatched 21 jump street uh the channing tatum jonah hill comedy and overall i like it i think that there are it's a little too constant at uh comedic uh 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 trying to yeah trying to be funny all the time and it just joke a a mile a minute kind of thing you know with the jokes right and it just becomes a little tiresome but i think that jonah hill and shannon tatum are are both good together and so it's it's still pretty good and and the supporting cast is is uh good as well then uh oh uh last night i rewatched the weatherman directed by gore verbinski and starring nicholas cage about this weatherman whose life is just absolute crap his you know family is a mess he's just not happy he he can't find real inspiration or focus or passion and it's just about him trying to find all that and i think it's it's a pretty underrated film i mean i love gore verbinski of course but it's a kind of under the radar interesting nicholas cage performance who is great in it i think and so it's worth watching if you like kind of dark comedy dour character studies it's 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 quite good and i think that might be about it for me yeah i think that's that's about it or all all that's worth mentioning okay yeah so okay well paul any any anything else you want to mention yeah you know i'll I'll, i guess I'll, i'll my last thoughts will be this I take no pleasure in being the heel. I don't like being the person who who has to spank the movie that behaved badly. Like, I don't enjoy being the person who looks at someone, a whole team of people's hard work, and goes, it didn't amount to much. But 
being overly soft on things, not saying that you have to rip things the new asshole that I sometimes do, but we, we have to be critical with our art. We have to demand better standards, even from the things that are meant to be silly and fluffy and enjoyable, because if it doesn't do that, then it didn't hit the mark. And it wasn't that, you know? So we need to be critical of our films. And, you know, if I meet Zack Snyder ever, you know, will I ever be this abrasive with him? No, probably not. (laughs) But I mean, maybe, but you know, I'm saying it out of care and out of a real place of wanting everyone to, to be the best, you know, filmmaker storyteller that they can be. And I like Zack Snyder's earlier stuff. And I wish that he figured out why he was making films then why he's making films now and what the fuck happened in between then. Well said. (laughs) Yeah. And okay. Well, yeah, I guess that about does it for the show. Sadly this week. Now next week, Paul, any ideas, anything come to mind? Um, not Cruella. Um, well, the thing I will say is have been talking with Henry Wilkinson to try and get him on at some point. He's, he's a, you know, big Disney guy. Maybe at some point we could review that so we could get him on to talk about it. Potentially, but, um, I'm, I'm digging the punk rock mm, vibe, Paul. No, I'm digging it big time. I don't know. Crazy pitch. How do you feel about night of the living dead? I, I like it. (laughs) All right, cool. All right. We'll do Um, an old school zombie picture. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I, I I guess we'll, we'll shoot for that for next week. And yeah, so stay updated on filmbuds.com, all that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, you, you mentioned that last week, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that either that or the original Dawn of the Dead had come up. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well, cool. We'll shoot for that next week. And yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, And yeah, well, Paul, thanks uh, as always, man, for taking the time and best of uh, best of luck with your your script. Yeah, wait to read it. Yeah, cool. Uh, All right, everybody. Well, enjoy your summer. (laughs) You know, try and get out a little bit safely, of course. And yeah, we we hope you enjoyed it as much as uh, as much as we did. And we'll see you (laughs) next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.